Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the One Year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is February 3rd, and our reading comes from Matthew chapter 22. Here's what Matthew says. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap Jesus with his question, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. So this raises several questions. Number one, why should we love God? Well, I love how 1 John chapter 4 captures this idea. We love God because he first loved us. So God has captivated our heart. God has loved us so well that when we understand the gospel, when we understand the character of God, the nature of God, the glory of God, we cannot help but love God. In fact, one of the real challenges in American culture today, because we spend so little time in the Bible, which is where we learn all about who God is, and because we live in a culture where we're constantly entertained and everything's in video and on a screen, sometimes the the Bible seems a little slow and a little dull. But the truth is, when we take time to stay in God's Word so that we can see the beauty and the glory, the power, the majesty, the wonder of God. We cannot help but fall in love with Him. So many people in American culture, they act as if God simply exists to keep them happy. And it's only because they've not seen God. So as we're in the Word and we get a a view of who God is and all He's done for us, how powerful He is, how wise He is, He is a supernatural. He is the King of kings. He's the sustainer of the universe. He is generous and good and compassionate. He's holy and just and righteous. When you get into the Word and you understand who God is and that that God gave his life willingly, voluntarily, in order to have a relationship with me and you and to redeem us from all of our pain, all of our sin, all of our failures, all of our suffering, then man, we can't help but love God. And so Jesus says the first commandment is to love God. And the reason we love him is because he is worthy of our love. Now, what does it look like to love God? Well, it, what it looks like is that now our hearts are so captivated by who he is, we desire to please him, to bless him, to serve him. When I think about Tina, Loving Tina doesn't mean I have warm, fuzzy feelings every time I see her. Loving Tina doesn't mean she always does what I want. 
Loving Tina means I find delight in serving her, honoring her, cherishing her, spoiling her, blessing her, producing delight in her. Man, I, I love Tina and I love trying to produce in Tina's life, man, the kind of life that just really makes her feel like a queen. And in the very same way, when we fall in love with God, it means that we live to bless Him, to honor Him. We want Him to find delight in how we relate to Him. We want to serve Him. We want to follow Him. We want to represent Him well. We want to honor Him. We want people to see us and to see Him. Ultimately, we want Him to feel like He's our King. That's what it looks like to love God. So why do we love Him? Because He first loved us. How do we love Him? Man, we crown Him King of kings, Lord of every area of our life. Now, this is so important. If we don't love God and allow God to fill our hearts with His love, then we can't love our neighbor. So when we do love God, we want to be with Him. And when we're with Him, we become like Him. What's true of God is becoming more and more true of me. And as I become more like God, then naturally I do what God would do in the different situations that I find myself in every day. So I want to be with Jesus. As I'm with Him, I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. And therefore, when I'm with my family, or I'm at work, or I'm in the community, or I'm dealing with conflict, or I'm I'm facing loss and suffering in all of these different situations that we find ourselves in, we begin to respond more and more like Jesus. We begin to do what Jesus did, and we're representing him in our world. So part of what that means is we begin to love our neighbor the way we love ourselves. So as I'm with Jesus and he's producing his love in my heart, then my love begins to spill out on my neighbor, right? I can't help but love my neighbor because I'm so loved by God and I'm becoming more and more like God, which means I'm growing in my capacity to love my neighbor and my coworker and my family and my friends and and the people at the gym and all the, you know, just all the different places where we're with people. We're able to love them the way God loves us. Now, just imagine if we had a world full of people who loved God, they lived to produce delight in the heart of God. And imagine if we had a world full of people who loved each other the way they wanted to be loved, the way they loved themselves. Guess what? We wouldn't need any rules. So that's what Jesus says. He says, If you'll love God and you'll love each other, all the rules, all of the expectations, all of the hopes and dreams that God has for us, all of that is summarized in these two simple commandments. When we love God and we love each other, we're going to keep the law. 
We're going to live in a way that honors and pleases God and blesses one another. And so that's how God wants us to live. I love that passage. Then in chapter 23, Jesus begins to attack the hypocrisy of the religious community. He said, he said to the crowd, Jesus said to the crowd and his disciples, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. In other words, do what they say, but not what they do. Why? Well, they don't practice. They don't do what they say. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. So Jesus says, listen, I want you to do what they teach because they're teaching the law, but don't imitate their behavior because they don't actually behave. They don't actually obey the law that they're teaching, but what they do do is they're heaping on people's shoulders more and more religious demands, which do not bring us closer to God. In fact, those demands had become a barrier for people trying to find God. And so Jesus is attacking their hypocrisy. Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, I don't go to church or I don't believe in Jesus or I don't follow God because there are so many hypocrites. And I would just say, when you look at the rest of today's reading and tomorrow's reading, why would you reject God over an issue that you and God agree on? See, what Jesus is so fired up about in chapter 23 is the hypocrisy that he sees in the religious community, and he is calling it out. So listen, if you don't like hypocrisy, well, I don't like hypocrisy either, and neither does Jesus. We're all on the same page about hypocrisy. Nobody likes hypocrisy except the hypocrite, right? Because he's appearing to be something he's not in order to protect himself. Man, God doesn't want us to live that way at all. God wants us just to be honest, to open our heart and invite him in to transform us from the inside out rather than just trying to fake it and manage our image. So Jesus begins to attack their hypocrisy because he realizes it's such a barrier for people who are trying to find God. Watch what he says. Verse five, everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside. They wear robes with extra long tassels. They love to sit at the head of the table at banquets and in seats of honor in the synagogue. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace. They love to be called rabbi. Well, listen, don't let anybody call you rabbi if you only have one teacher. And all of you are equal as brothers and sisters, so don't feel better than one another. And don't address someone here on earth as your father for you only have one father, God in heaven. And don't let anyone call you teacher for you only have one teacher, the Messiah, Jesus. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So we don't want to walk around puffed up. You know, the truth is, as we grow and mature in our faith, you know what we discover? You know what we realize? Is that any good thing in me, the only reason I'm changing, the only reason I'm growing spiritually, the only reason these things are true of me now, they used not to be, 
is because of the work of God's Spirit and grace and the truth of God's Word all at work in me. This is God's doing. It's not anything for me to brag about, nothing for me to feel proud of, no reason for me to look down my nose at somebody else and to, and to feel like, well, I'm better than them. Because listen, it's all a work of grace. And we're just at different places in our journey. And so what we do need to do is be inviting people to follow Jesus as we follow Jesus and then celebrating the work of God in each of us so that we're not faking it. We're not pretending to be something we're not. We're not hypocrites. We're just living an authentic Christian life. We're trying to walk with God and we're inviting Him to continue His work in our hearts and we're all at different places in that journey and there's still plenty of work God needs to do in me. But I'm so grateful. He's invited me into that relationship. And I'm not just trying to be religious and not just trying to fake it. I'm actually walking with God and he's transforming me from the inside out over time. And I want to invite you, come on, let's take the journey. Jesus wants to transform you from the inside out. You don't have to fake it. You can just be honest and transparent. Open your heart to him. He'll meet you right where you are and you'll never be the same. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for your grace. I'm so glad that we don't have to be religious and pretend to be something that we're not and and fake it and try and impress other people. God, instead, we want to walk with you with humility and openness, transparency. We want to be pure in heart so that we can actually see you at work in our lives and in the lives of people around us. So God, help us to to do that, to just humble ourselves. We don't want to walk around proud. God, we want to humble ourselves so that you can exalt us in due time. Lord, help us to trust you and to follow you. Lord, we thank you that you've invited us into this relationship. God, we want to be with you to become like you, and to do what you did, to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. God, help us to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. Hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.